talked about you could either be offended or have confirmation i think that we're all in that perspective we're, we're all in that position to have that either we have the right perspective of what god is doing or we can get offended at anybody and one thing i know about offense is that offense always reveals lack and so yeah. um so if we're if we're offended there's some place that we're lacking we can discover everybody. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Sum It Up. You know, we're always here discussing what God is saying in this hour, how we are engaging in the process of doing life in 2020 and beyond, and what does what does ministry look like? But I wanted to take you a little bit into a personal transformation today. So I thank you for joining. You can find us on all the different channels. So uh, refer this out to people. But I wanted to share with you, we've been talking about destiny We've been talking about transformation. We've been talking about all those things. Last week, we had my uncle in studio. Um, it looks like I'm here by myself, but we're going to share a little secret for you in a minute. But I wanted to share with you, in 2014, I had the experience of being able to go to Northern Ireland with a group of pastors. At that point, I wasn't even a pastor yet officially, but uh, but definitely ministering and went with uh, some missions ideas and what I thought missions that I'd experienced before, but I went to Ireland and totally got transformed, uh, met the Holy Spirit in a new way, saw miracle signs and wonders, all these different things that I'd never experienced. And, uh, and then I, and then I met a bunch of really cool people that I've been following, connecting with since 2014. And so today I wanted to bring you into a conversation that, uh, that I wanted to share with the world because I believe this man that we're going to talk to in a second is shifting, uh, is seeing ministry look differently in 2020. And, uh, and that as individuals, we've all shifted in one way or another. Um, and I think that there's some form of a, a grief process, a reset process that we're going through, but that if we know our destiny and if we know what we're called to do, we can actually thrive in this time. We can actually go to the next level during this, uh, whatever people are calling it, COVID-19 lockdown, whatever, 2020. Uh, real quick, before we get into it, was at a football game Friday night and it rained so hard we couldn't see across the field. And, uh, it was just through the whole game. It was crazy. And, uh, my wife and I we were just drenched and we were just laughing. Like this is what this year is. It's unpredictable. But, uh, but I wanted to bring you into a conversation with a friend of mine. So I want to welcome on Andy Oaks. Thank you for joining us all the way from Northern Ireland and uh, welcome to the summit up, summit up podcast and summit up studio here in Ohio. It's so great to see your face. <laughs> it's good to see you, Rob. Thank you for having me. And a huge hello from Northern Ireland and all loads of blessings from us as well. So good to see you. Oh, man. You guys bless me so much coming there and welcoming us and, you know, helping me through the first time of huge jet lag and uh, and all the craziness <laughs> of, of going to Europe. And, and it was just it was just a great time. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed about um about Northern Ireland, about you all is the intense love that you have for your community. And when we were there at the church and ministering in multiple churches, but when we were there in the church and then you guys took us up and uh, giants causeway and all the fun stuff we did, but just the connection that you had to your community. And I know we were talking a couple of days ago about the transition that you've had to go through as a minister 
in 2020 and what God was sort of leading you to and transitioning out of your position, but now what God has called you to. And on our podcast, we've been talking about destiny and that we are all on this planet for a purpose, but sometimes the the means of that purpose change. So would you enlighten us on what God has been doing in you over the last year? Ooh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I, I 100% agree with, you know, the idea of, of we're here um, for a specific purpose and a destiny. And, and I've always found that, that, you know, walking with God has been a, an amazing experience, a weird experience at times, you know, because the things that I plan and the things that I think that, you know, I'm going to do, um, I'm usually full of, you know, um, loads of ideas and I usually try and start something and God just changes it or, <laughs> you know, and there's usually some seed of God in, in my head somewhere. And I, it takes a little while to kind of work it out. And this year has been a, this year has been for, I know for all of us, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge year of transition. Um, and, and that's, that's a fundamental understatement, you know, which we might get into kind of later on, but it really is. It's such a fundamental understatement. But for me personally, um, I coming into this year, um, I was the lead worship um, coordinator in, in our church. So I, for the last 10 years, I've been um, coordinating our worship and training up guys and, and being responsible for, for that ministry within the church, as well as um, speaking in church and doing teaching. And then, you know, over the last, I think through 2019, I had this, you know, this, this, this niggle at the back of my head that it was time for me to, to just take a step back and, and, and really let some of the younger guys just, just, you know, spread their wings and, and I had one guy in mind and he wasn't on the scene at that time. He'd been in the church previously had gone off to get some experience in, in other places. And, um, and Dan just, you know, just towards the end of 2019, he, he turned back up, um, and was getting plugged into the, the church ministry again. And, and I felt that was a God thing, had a conversation with our, our senior leadership and said, look, I think it's time for me to step back. And I always look for that moment when everybody goes, yeah, that's a great idea, you know, <laughs> and, and it was kind of that, you know, and I thought, well, I either take that as a great offense or a great confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I took it as, as a great confirmation and it really was. And I, I you know, I, I felt that it was right for me to do that. And so we, the really, um, uh, you know, God thing with it and the really weird thing, I suppose, in one sense was we we planned this and started to talk to our, our worship team about it and let them know that I was going to change, change my role. I didn't know what my role was going to be, um, you know, but I felt this is what I had to do. And we, we planned that we would do the handover um, because he was finishing up a few other things, the ministry obligations he had, and he was going to come in. And we planned this, this takeover, this handover um, in March. And, and that's when everything kicked off with COVID. And, and he was, is within walking distance of the church. I'm not within walking distance of the church. I'm about 20 minutes away from, from the church. And when everything went into lockdown, we couldn't travel. So we, we kept our church services going online. And he was able to step in. Wow. And, 
and put a minimal team together. And that minimal team, three or four of them kept the worship going for the church for effectively the three months than when we weren't able to, to move. And I was sitting at home and I was going to my wife, this, look at that. You know, I mean, you, when you make decisions like this, you do have a niggling doubt and you think it is, because it's, it's, this has been a huge part of my life. Right. You know, I've been, I've been leading, I'm in my mid fifties now. I've been leading worship since I was 16. Um, to, to really, to, to step away from that, from that significant level was, was a big thing, but I felt it was right. And yeah, so that, you know, um, you could see God's hand for us, for as a church, for me personally. So that's been a big, a big shift, um, for me from the church perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so- I, yeah, and I'm not just exploring things now and what, what my role looks like. So. That's awesome. And the discovery process, I think we, you, you talked about, you could either be offended or have confirmation. And I think that, <laughs> yeah. I think that we're all in that perspective. We're, we're all in that position to have that either we have the right perspective of what God is doing or we, yeah. or we can get offended at anybody. And one thing I know about offense is that offense always reveals lack. And so, yeah. um, so if we're, if we're offended, there's some place that we're lacking, we can discover. So there's people probably yeah. listening to this that have felt a shift coming like you did maybe in 2019, they felt a shift and now they're trying to you know, figure out either they got to come out of the offense that they took to the shift or they actually took it as confirmation. They're doing something new, but there is, there, there are these tactical points in our life where we have to hear the Lord and make a commitment to, to make a decision. And I, I really believe that sometimes indecision is what plagues us and it can lead to apathy. Um, if we don't make the decision in the right, in the right moment. I think that's that's a superb thing to say. I think that they are tactical moments, and I think they all do hinge on making a definitive decision. You've got to make some kind of um, mental switch. I think you've got to make the decision in your head and in your spirit, and then it maybe takes a step of faith. But you've got to acclimatize to that first. I've always found that I've had to. The Lord allows me time to get to get acclimatized to the idea of something. Um, and then you you find that opportunity or you find that right moment, that tactical moment when you should make it public and, and you know, you, you hold your breath and you take a step. So, so a quick question, this may be going a little personal on you, but have you ever missed the tactical moment? I probably have. I think, <laughs> I, you know, um, I think I'll find out probably in retrospect. Yes, exactly. Um, but... Yeah, I, 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 you know, I probably have missed plenty of tactical moments. Yeah. But that's, you know, we're not here. I, you know, we're not here to kind of be perfect. Right. We're here to learn, you know. I, I love that. Uh, I love looking at the Lord in scripture. There were many people that missed tactical moments. And, yeah. and God said, okay. You maybe miss that tactical moment, but we're going to go, instead of going right, which is where I wanted you to go, we're going to go left, we're going to go around this corner, and we're going to end up pretty close to where you were supposed to be anyway. And uh, it's okay that you missed the moment, but my grace is sufficient for that moment. And so uh, there's people that have that have maybe gotten offended or frustrated or maybe even shut down through this whole thing. 
And, and God is saying, if I, I believe in this hour, God is saying, if you're willing to reassess the tactical moment and allow and, and make a choice today and be committed and, and be ready to just go, we'll get you close to where you're supposed to be in the beginning. Yeah, I, I think I've always been encouraged by, you know, little kind of, I suppose, cliches and you know, biblical sayings, but also ancient sayings. And, and the Japanese have an ancient saying that I heard someone share once. And it was the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. Mm, yeah. It's this idea of every day is a new day. You know, it's every day the grace of, of the Lord, this, His mercies are fresh and new every morning. And I think if you spend more time in in the now, in the presence of God now, instead of maybe lamenting over the things that, you know, we've all made wrong decisions, we've all taken wrong turns. But to be honest, you know, to extend grace to ourselves as well, we only ever act on the information that we have at that particular moment. Mm-hmm. And we only ever act out of our capability to disseminate that information in that moment. So I look at my younger self and I don't look at my younger self with any sense of judgment. I look at my younger self and say, he had so much to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the person I was yesterday. I'm not the person I was two, two months ago or two years um, because I have learned more. Am I better at it? That's for other people to judge, you know, but yeah. you know, you just, you get up and you know, the mercies of, of the Lord and you every morning and, you know, I, I'd written a, a discipleship course, you know, about 20 years ago. Um, and to, we, we still run it actually in our church. And one thing I teach in it is right from the very start. And the whole way, I repeated the whole way through the course is remember every day with Jesus is a brand new day. So good. You can just, you know, and I think that, that kind of simple idea that you get up and it can be a brand new day if, if you just think about it like that and, and don't carry everything around with you. And, and one of the things that you said was you, you make the decision with the perspective, the tools, the, all the different history that you have today. So in, in this, I mean, none of us planned on this for 2020. I mean, that wasn't in, it wasn't in the, the planning books of the summit here. It wasn't, but, but now I guess, I guess what we're trying to do as leaders here is to assess with the tools we have today. Uh, if, if something like this would happen again or when, if, as they're talking about, there may be more, but uh, when this happens again, how are we going to make better choices with better tools? And, uh, and, and how do we not get caught off guard or how do we make better, uh, adjustments to our, to our plan? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's where experience, you know, comes in and, and, you know, learning from that. I think this, this, this is a terrible time and, you know, it is like, you, you know, the, um, the, the best of times, the worst of times. It's that kind of cliche statement. You know, we, as a church, we've, it's been tough, like every, every church is experiencing, but we've grown in, in so many ways. You know, mm-hmm. we've had to really um, sharpen our game on that. And I've been saying it, you know, for years in our leadership meetings that we should be, you know, investing in our tech more and 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 trying to consider our online, you know, presence because that's the first place that people are engaging with us. 
Right. You know, it's no longer the first time will be they'll just come through the, the foyer of the church. And now we find ourselves so much more aware of the online presence. And, and this is this is where we are. And we're reaching so many more people and encouraging so many more people. And I mean, our, our pastor, Brian, says that, you know, our prayer meetings now, you know, we used to have our kind of our, our prayer meetings and people would just kind of come in and go out and, you know, have a prayer time and that'd be fine. But now the prayer times are much longer online <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. everybody stays online longer. And it's just things like that. You know, there are, there are positive, there are always positive things um, coming out of this. So speaking about positive things, so you've shifted out of that major role. You still have a role there, but what is yeah. God calling you to do to impact your community in a new way? Well, yeah, and this is this is where it just gets for me. It, it was completely unexpected, and um, I mean, I've always, you know, I I came into the church um, kind of just over ten years ago, um, because my ministry was was always outside of the church. So I was, I was always in a church, um, but ministering outside of a church in music or in worship or encouraging people. So um, I had a little bit of an itinerant um, idea of ministry to that while, um, while I was anchored in a home church. Um, and so that kind of has, uh, because that's always been on my radar, I'm always looking for things to do and looking for, for where God wants me. And, and this, well, I need to kind of go back a few years. Um, things were changing for me. Um, the way my, my ministry work kind of goes, it's usually a proportion of my ministry work is in, in a church and then a, a proportion is outside of a church. And then my income, I, I'm a bit like, you know, Paul being a tent maker. So I look, you know, I'm mm-hmm. looking for, I've been teaching guitar you know, I mean, coaching kind of uh, people in churches and churches would hire me to come in and work with their worship teams. And um, and so um, I'm self-employed. Technically, I'm self-employed. Um, and and so it's always been these, these little kind of streams going on all the time. So I um, we met a, a couple of friends a few years ago in, in, in another church, um, a lovely couple who we've become very good friends with. And. Um, I was working in their church to help develop their worship team and um, their worship leader, she, um, she baked wedding cakes and her husband was a wedding photographer and still is a wedding photographer. And we kind of, you know, got working together and I said, look, why, why don't we try and put some music in between so that we can, because I said, look, I need it. I need some fresh income stream coming in because some things were coming to an end. And I said, well, why don't we, we try to put, you know, maybe the two of us together as a duet and when we're doing, you're doing cakes and we can maybe offer weddings as a package. And so this was the idea. And so we rehearsed stuff and, you know, we got one or two kind of weddings. And I thought, yeah, this, this is great. This is really, thank you, God, you know, for a little income stream coming in on this. Um, and then that, that, then that just sort of started to kind of ebb away a little bit and, and then I got a telephone call or a, a Facebook message rather from a little dementia care unit um, about 20 minutes away um, from me in Belfast. And, um, and Catherine, she, she lives uh, like an hour away. So it was right in the middle. And I said, look, why don't we meet there? And, and why don't we sing for these, um, these dementia 
patients. Um, so we decided to do that, but both of us were really nervous because we'd never done this before. So I, I put together some songs, you know, from the 50s and 60s, my dad and I wrote her my dad playing it. And uh, stuff that I'd loved, you know, stuff like from the Beatles and kind of Buddy Holly and stuff like that. And about a couple of hymns. And so we turned up and, and both of us, and we literally came into this room full of cardboard cutouts. It's the only way I can just explain how, how the people were. They were all sitting in the, in the chairs, completely motionless, except for one little lady who kept repeating, it's really nice to see you. It's really nice to see you. And then she'd repeat it again, like, like that was the first time she'd seen us. Mm. So we, we didn't know what was going to happen until we started singing and they just came to life. I mean, it, it was, it was like you talk about, you know, it, it's not that it was signs and wonders, but it was kind of that kind of experience for us. It was like, Oh my goodness, what is, what's happening? And we both left that day and said, if music isn't for that, what's it for? Mm. These, these people towards the end of their lives who, who, who are, are suffering from dementia. These moments where it obviously has some kind of major impact. Um, so we decided to try and push into this, and and God began to open a lot of doors for us um, over a period of time. And so I get when you start in any business, because in 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 essence, to a degree, it's a business. But um, well, we you know it's an income stream for us, um, but it's not very big, you know. Um, it, because care homes really don't have the budgets and there's two of us and travel and everything. But doors started to open and the, the strange thing was, and you were, t- you were, <laughs> and so I'm going to come back to your tactical moments and had I missed any tactical moments. For years, my wife had been saying to me, why don't you sing in care homes? And I, my, and my, I just, I, my response was, no, I don't think it's right. Where in my head, I was going, well, that's the end of my music career right there. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what, you know, I'm not going to go singing, you know, uh, seriously, no. And uh, but she kept saying, and then we, uh, it, was, it was our um, our 30th wedding anniversary uh, two years ago. And we, I, um, Grace had always wanted to go to Prince Edward Island see Anne of Green Gables house. So we took a cruise from Boston and we took a cruise up to Prince Edward Island. And on the cruise, we got to meet this lovely couple and um, they were in their their 70s. And it turned out this guy sang in care homes in Canada. And um, and, and Grace is looking at me and she's nodding at me like, man, I'm going... And I, I'm thinking, God, is this a hint? You know, because she's been saying it constantly, even recently before that, she'd been saying it to me. And then, so I came home and, and it was after I, we, I came home, we got the invitation to go and sing in this little dementia carrier. So I thought, right, that's, that, I got to take that hint. So we started to take some steps of faith and do that. And, and so then coming into this year, um, we were really excited because we were starting to build up a little bit of momentum. Um, we have people who support us financially, which we need. Um, our goal is to be able to provide um, this work for free for care homes. Um, but we aren't in a financial position to be able to do that. So people help, they help us so we can go to a care home and whatever a care home can, can give us, 
um, then our supporters can help help us to match that so that Catherine and I, we can keep keep going and doing this. So being really excited to come into this year because God was opening doors and then COVID hit. And care homework shut down. Right. I mean, because the, these are the most vulnerable. And, and this is the one environment which will, at this stage, I can't see us getting into care homes for the foreseeable future. Right. You know, everything else will open, but care homes will not because they're the most vulnerable. Um, so we, um, we had three months of just, just, I, I can only describe it as just anguish that, you know, that this ministry that, and this work that we had, which, we felt so much joy from, we saw so much joy um, being shared with our elderly and we couldn't do it. Um, and then God blessed us with someone who provided us with, we, we went and we, uh, we borrowed uh, a little garden gazebo mm-hmm. and we got invited to do a care home and we were able to sing from the outside but in true Northern Irish weather, which is probably, I think Ohio might have something similar, it just started to rain and F, not even a strong wind, but this wind started to blow this gazebo. And of course, I had all the sound gear and I thought, well, any moment now we're, we're going straight to heaven because we're getting electrocuted. Because <laughs> the wind was, was pouring off this and coming, you know, this river towards us. So we, we, we had Instagrammed the whole thing. We had an Instagram story of us under this with the rain and the little, the, the residents were in their lines looking out the window and waving at us. And, and we could see the, we could see the, the fear on their faces as well. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then so um, a guy I know, he asked us how we were getting on with, with our work. And I said, look, you know, we're struggling. We can't, we can't get to the homes. The homes are not getting entertainment. They're not getting anybody to come and provide anything like this. These people for three months have been locked in. And, and people with dementia, you know, music is so important. I mean, we experience the importance of music in church. Um, but it's, there's a vibration in music. There, there's a happiness. There's a joy. You know, the Bible says, you know, in Zephaniah, that the Lord rejoices over us with singing. And, and I believe that that's, a, that's a, a universal principle in terms of how the universe is constructed. Music is, is a joyful vibration, which, which is the essence of you know, what God has blessed us with. And, and these people with dementia, we, we did a lot of research and you know, we discovered that you know, when you sing to, to, to dementia patients and you sing songs that they remember, then their emotional level moves right up. And, and live music has 60 more, 60% more impact than recorded music. Wow. So when they, when they hear live music, the effect, there was a, um, there's a nursing home in England and they carried out a, um, uh, a clinically guided study with, with a, a general practitioner. And what they did was they, they gave all of these um, residents, they gave them little iPods and they put a little specific playlist of songs that, that would be relevant for them. And they, they gave them to them and they let them listen to them. And over a period of about three or four weeks, they watched to see what would happen. And their, their need for medication dropped significantly. Wow. And what they find is when you, 
when you sing to, I've heard testimonies from care home workers that when you sing to the elderly, the afterwards they communicate with each other better, they eat better, and and even if in dementia terms they may not remember that you've been there even five minutes after you've finished. And I've experienced this. Five minutes after we finished, they have not remembered that we've been there. But their emotional level has raised that they feel happy. Wow. And, and you know, some of the stats that are coming out say that the average, I think the average amount of time that someone will spend in a care home, the average is nine months. So, you know, they're at, they're at, you're, you're with these people at this latter stage of their life. Mm-hmm. And for us to be able to provide music, to sing songs to remember, to, to minister some hymns and lift their spirits. And it's the pre- most precious thing. And to not be able to do that was devastating. And so f- a guy I know said, um, how, how can we get you out there so you can do this from the outside? And we found a company that um, imports these very robust industrial gazebos, these pop-up tents that effectively car showrooms use when they're doing outside mm-hmm. conferences or you know and shows. And these things will take 35 mile an hour winds. Um, they have sides on them we put up. So we, we turn up with this black pop-up tent that takes us about 15 minutes to, to put up. We get the sides up. We can put lighting in it. We stay on the outside of a home, you know, sometimes in the pouring rain. And we play towards if a, if a home has a lounge area and they can open doors or they can open their windows, we can provide, still provide some kind of entertainment and, and you know, encouragement for them and spirit lifting, soul lifting music. So that's what we're doing. That's been the big change for me this year in, in terms of, of music. Um, and in spite of restrictions, we're still able to do things um, by the grace of God in this. That is so, you know, God, that is know. so awesome. Now, we've, got, we've got a window, you know, we're, we're heading into the winter. So we're trying to kind of get, get to homes and, and encourage them. Um, because I think probably mid October, um, it just could be just physically difficult to do it. Right. Well, I think we can get it. I think we could probably run a heater in the tent. Is that good? <laughs> oh, if if you can get it done, I'm sure you guys will be able to. I love the we'll, story. We'll try. Yeah, I, I love the story because it, it highlights that um, we can't stop what we're called to do. We can't stop ministering no. to people, uh, encouraging them with music, making disciples. You know, teaching and baptizing and doing all the things. The the restrictions do not stop our calling. Um, no. They just may give us tactical opportunities to make changes, to see God move in a new way and in a new uh, faction of life. And so I, that's super encouraging. I know that I, what I wanted everyone to hear today was that you had a plan. The plan didn't work out the way that you thought it would. And uh, <laughs> but But God is blessing and he's bringing people into your path that are equipping you to do what you're called to do. And oftentimes yeah. if we're not moving forward, if we're not, I, I love the statement, action creates direction. You can't turn a parked car. So, you know, you, 
once you're moving somewhere and you know that you're called to do music and you know that, you know, this is lots of words have been spoken about this. And so you start to do it and then, oh, something comes in from the side to slow you down. That if you're moving in the right direction, there are always people there that are called to assist you in, uh, yeah. in moving there. Without a shadow of a doubt, that's been my experience. Um, I have, I, you know, I've found that just things you just come out of, uh, out of left field, you know, just miraculously you, you just meet someone or, um, I think the strange thing for me is when you try to go looking for them, you can't find them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and everything exactly. I tried in my experience has never really worked, but you're absolutely right. I think we, the first thing is make the decision that you know what you want to do. And, you know, um, there were, there was, there's a couple of hurdles that we had, um, well, we'd never gone into homes before. We didn't know how to do this. We were tentatively making connections. Nobody had heard of us. So we were a complete, like a, a fresh startup. Um, so that was, that's been difficult enough to try and to get that and to build up your reputation. The thing, the, the plan in my head has always been, um, to build up trust relationships with, with the homes. And so we will go in and we will provide effectively an afternoon of pop music entertainment, you know, retro pop music entertainment. If we know that there's a, there's a few homes that are um, lovely homes, there are lo- loads of lovely homes over in, here in Northern Ireland and great people running them and great people looking after our elderly. And so there's a few church-based homes, so the Presbyterian Church of a few homes here. And so we were able to go in and do, you know, worship songs with them. But quite often they're asking us to come in and do, look, we're having a party. Would you come in and <laughs> we just, we're, we know we're serving, um, you know, tea and coffees and, and mocktails for them all. And, and we do that. But my, my plan has always been to, to be able to go in and then to offer the opportunities to go in and do um, little devotional times with them and services. You know, because that, that's both of our hearts, that's both of our roots, you know, our, is ministry from church and worship. And so this, we were in the very early stages of doing this, and then obviously COVID pops up. But it's like, you know, it's like, it's the river of God just keeps flowing. There you go. I, and like any river, when you look at rivers, a lot of rivers will, will meander. And they meander because there will be a, a blockage that, that, you know, they, the river has to go around, but the river goes around it and still keeps going. You know, we may end up changing direction a little bit, but we keep going in the same direction. We keep going. Once you, you start on that path, that path invites you in. One of the other hurdles was the financial hurdle was, is, is continues to be a big hurdle um, because homes aren't funded to, to the degree that entertainment is a high priority. Um, and as, as a duet going in, we have double the cost of everybody else. And this is where our supporters, we didn't know how to answer, how to square this peg because it was costing us more to get to home sometimes. And then because we're an hour apart. So one of us has to travel for an hour and then some homes we're going to are maybe an hour and a half away. And mm-hmm. um, so just, just, you know, vehicle running costs alone, it was costing us more to get to home. So, and we didn't know how we were able to sustain this and, and how to kind of, you know, keep paying our bills. And this is where supporters just, we began to just ask, we set up a GoFundMe campaign 
And we've had we've had a little few donations, but we've always had little donations, you know, at the right time. Right. Well, I, that's what I love. It's and and now and you just you just keep walking forward and you get keep, <laughs> you know, and like there there. Let me encourage many of your listeners out there who are, who are maybe thinking about how they're going to respond to the financial climate that we're in. And, you know, like, let me tell the story of my brother, my brother, um, my brother for years has felt that he should have his own business. And he is in um, a business that, that where he, he services fire extinguishers for companies and does electrical pap testing over here. And, um, and he, he attempted to start last year. He bought himself a van. He got himself all the paperwork sorted out. He, he got a logo sorted out. And, um, and he was about to hand in his resignation and he got cold feet. And he pulled out. And, and this is where I think it, this is going to be so relevant to what we're talking about because your destiny calls you and your destiny has this way that God has designed to get you there. And I was quite upset with him because I knew, I said, I said to my brother, I said, look, I said, David, you, you're meant to do this. Trust God in this. And he said, but, but you know, I've, I have a mortgage and I have a family. And I said, I know, I know, I know, but listen, I, I understand why you make this decision, but I'm gutted for you because I I know you can do this. And I know God wants you to do this. And I know you'll be blessed doing this. I said, believe in yourself and believe in God, you know. Um, but he didn't. COVID hits and he gets made redundant. And he panics. And his van, which was sitting outside my mother's house, effectively rotting <laughs> because he bought a van. He was paying for a van that wasn't on the road and he wasn't using it. It was sitting there. Now he wasn't sure it would start. He went and he phoned me and he said, I'm going to do this. And I said, David, now's the time to do it because you have no other choice. Mm-hmm. He started and within his first two weeks was getting calls to come and to come and serve as fire extinguishers. He was getting accounts. He was getting contracts. He's now, you know, about six, seven weeks into this and his business just keeps building and he keeps phoning me every day and he goes, you're never going to believe what's happened. I'm going, of course I'm going to believe it because, <laughs> because you took a step of faith and, right. and he was really encouraging his, in his own faith. And, and the thing is, he, he, he says himself, you know, the challenge is still there. Um, he was afraid of losing the security. But when he lost the security, he had no other choice. Now, he doesn't have necessarily any more security, but he has much more faith and belief now. And when your faith and your belief grows, that's where security is. When you when you know that God is doing something, you recognize God is doing something. You know, it's why the children of Israel, you know, when they put up altars every time um, God did something, because it was to remind them in the future, look, don't forget, God can do this. Right. You know, trust him, take that, in, take that impulse, make a decision, you know, um, and when God wants to get you somewhere, he will get you somewhere. And, you know, I just, so I'm encouraging my brother, and I, and I say that to encourage some people out here maybe listening to say, look, you know, um, 
maybe you need to take a step of faith. That thing, the idea has been bubbling in your head that something to do. Listen, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when it- I when I left, I was working for a blue chip company. You know, um, like fifteen years ago. And I had everything at a pension. I, I had a, a good job at a company car. And I felt God called me out of that to leave that, to go into nothing. I mean, not even people can understand this to, to not do anything, but just take a step of faith, give up 60% of our household income to just trust God. And I agonized over that for a year, wrote in my journal. God gave me all these verses and all these words. I wrote them. Still wasn't enough. Do you know what actually tipped the balance for me? I was cutting the grass late one summer and one thought came to my head. And this was the Dale Clincher. If you don't try, you'll never know. Which will you regret more at the end of your life? Never trying or trying and at least knowing how it went. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I think that maybe there's some people out there that have a van that's rotting in the yard <laughs> yeah. because they went so far and then stopped and and yeah. Yeah. didn't finish yeah. and didn't didn't take the step. But I think there's also people that are out there doing the new deal and and watching. But uh, we're we're not saying that you need to walk away from something. What we're saying is be so in tune with what the Lord is saying to you, the words that yeah. are being spoken over you, the uh, the you know, the comments from your wife or your husband that, that man, you really yeah. should think about this stuff and you really yeah. should do this. Um, we often discount those voices the most. Um, but man, they're oftentimes they're hearing the voice of God too and directing us where yeah. to go and, and taking those leaps. I mean, my wife, uh, a couple of years ago, she was praying. She's like, I think I'm supposed to quit my job. I've been here 17 years. I think I'm supposed to quit. And it was, probably 70% of our income at the time. Cause I had a starting company and different things. And, uh, and she did, you know, we, we prayed about it. We had confirmation. She quit, found out very soon after that, that her father had cancer and she was able to spend a year uh, with him yeah. ministering to him and, and just loving on him. And um, he passed away. And, but th- that year um, if she would have put her head down and kept working and working and working and working, I know, I know that there would have been a time in her life down the road that she would have regretted not not making that transition. And so, um, man, we just have to be obedient to what God is saying in the hour. Now, you know, it's so similar to my story because when I left my job, then at the end of that year, my dad got a, um, he went into hospital with a painful back and then in the January of the next year, got a terminal cancer diagnosis. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, I'm sorry about that, that. That next year, I was able to really help help my mom, mm-hmm. you know, through the trans- this transition of life um, that she was going through. So, yeah, I think you've got to, you've got to pay attention to the impulses. I, it's why I encourage people to keep journals, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, um, to, to put – you know, you, you don't want to be making rash decisions. You know, when I left my job, I took a lot of counsel from people and, and talked to a lot of people and I had a lot of people praying for me. So it wasn't a, a, it wasn't a quick decision, but, you know, you've got to, I think, 
you've got to take note of the markers and you've got to pay attention and have awareness as well of your own journey. You know, because I everything that I do now, this, you know, I guess there's nothing I'm doing at the minute, which is in essence brand new to me. Right. Um, you know, since the, the person that I am, the person that God has made me to be since I've been a kid, I'm using elements of all of those parts of me now, you know, because, you know, I even felt, you know, a couple of years ago, suddenly God prompted me to, to write children's books. Um, and I, I never even considered doing that, but I used, I used to draw cartoons when I was a kid and I thought, well, you know, I thought that was part of something that, that God would never, you know, really want to use that I have. And, and so now I, I self-publish children's books and, um, and I, you know, as you see behind me, I paint and draw angels to encourage people. So, you know, I think, look at what you have, you know, it's like what God says to Moses, what's in your hand? Yep. Moses has a staff. Mm-hmm. But what's yeah. in your hand? What have you got? What, what can you use and, and, and do something with it? You know? Yeah. And, and man, such an encouraging time to just sit and chat with you about what God is doing. He's asking each of us now to look more on not the outward things that are going on, but look at the, the stuff that he's given us inside, uh, the gifts, the talents, the, the destiny that he's given us. And the climate may change outside. You know, you guys may have rain, but you, he provided another way to be able to endure that. And no matter what this yeah. situation that you're going in today, no matter what that situation is, there is a plan, there's tools in your toolbox, and there's people who will come around you to help you get where you're supposed to be. And so don't, yeah. do not pause, do not get apathetic, do not live in fear. There is hope and that hope is found in the Lord. And so, well, Andy, I thank you so much for being on today and sharing, <laughs> sharing wisdom and, and just connection. And I still want to get back over to Ireland. I said within, I think that somebody made me commit that within 10 years I'd be back. So I've only got oh, a handful. Got I've only got a handful yet to get back over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, I'll have, I'll have words in the ears and we'll get you over here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. I'm looking so forward to being back over there. And this time I'll bring my lovely bride and, and we'll have fun, but man, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, we, we want to just bless you and all the things you're doing. And if, if you send over that link, uh, for GoFundMe, we'll, we'll put it on the podcast here and people can click on it and so into what you're doing. I believe that it's not only, uh, it's not only amazing for what you're doing, but I think this could spawn other ministries around the world to go minister to those who are in most need in this hour and use the gifts in our toolbox to be able to pull that off. Thanks for listening to another episode of Summit Up. You can check us out at thesummitdover.com and you can email us at summitup at thesummitdover.org.